Hello and welcome to the Write Your Novel podcast. I'm David Allen Patali and what I wanted to talk to you about this week is something that I was actually speaking to my online writing class students about this week, which is what I call iterating or probably the better term for it is writing, uh, rewriting. Rewriting is tough because I saw a great uh, quote online. It just said, you know, re- uh, writing is actually all about rewriting your rewriting and then rewriting that rewriting. It's a maddening concept because uh, the temptation is usually that you write a first draft, you know, which often takes years, it takes months, it takes a very long time. You put all of your effort into it, you pour your soul into doing this, this fabulous story and you get to the end and you go, oh, I've done, I'm, I'm done. All I've got to do here is polish it. But then you read it back and you start thinking, hmm, that's not quite working, that's not quite what I wanted to do. So you do your second draft and your third draft and you start rewriting. And I think that's a very natural, very natural way of of going. Sometimes maybe um, a chapter or two might just come out of the hand and be perfectly formed. But the process of writing, no matter how much planning we do, I think, and I do do a fair amount of planning, um, you're writing a story into existence. You're explaining it to yourself. So the rewriting process I find is actually even more fun than the drafting process. It's inherently annoying because you actually have to do a lot more work and uh, it can be a little frustrating that um, sometimes the things you rewrite are so obvious and so easy that you think, why couldn't I just thought of it at the time? Well, the answer to that really is when we're drafting, we're only seeing one scene in isolation. Whereas, you know, we're going from one and the goal is to just get to the next. And so we keep a thread of what's happening in the story. But when we read it all back uh, in our second and third drafts, every scene relates to each other now. And the great thing about rewriting is that it gives you the opportunity to truly understand your story and to truly make an impact with what you're doing. So you could be changing things in scene two that then have a direct impact to how scene 26 goes. And the example I used um, for my students is, I I took chapter two of Locust Summer, uh, and I showed them the first draft version of it, the third draft version of it, and then just about the final draft version of it. And it's a vastly different scene each time. In the beginning, it's pretty overwritten. It's got a lot of, uh, a lot of overt description and overt um, explanation to the reader of relationships and of all the things that are going on in the book. And in a lot of ways, you can kind of see this is a younger writer explaining the story to himself. And that's good. That gives you material to work with. But then as you see the, the second draft, I think you can clue in. It's like, oh, I think he's trying. He's almost figuring out what this is actually all about. And by the third, it's just really tight and it's doing exactly what it needs to do. So um, the, the main thing that I, I really wanted to talk about with, with rewriting is that it's like a superpower because you finally understand what your story is all about and that allows you to then craft really compelling prose that actually tells the story in the way that you wanted to do it. And that's, that's really cool because we often think of rewriting as, oh, I'm just going to have to write the whole sentence again. Often it's just changing one or two words or even cutting it and substituting uh, a sentence from later on in the, in, the, in the story. You can cut that and put it there. All kinds of possibilities are open for you when we're doing rewriting. This is a difficult topic to talk about because it's not really, um, not really covered much in writing courses and general discourse. It's just, you know, and we mostly focus on 
make time and space to write, push to the end, and then polish everything. Make sure it doesn't have any spelling mistakes. But the process I've found through writing many novels now uh, and planning them um, and doing a lot of lot of you know fixing things as I go, um, I'm often always shocked. Actually, I'm always shocked when I get to the end and go, "Oh, that's what that means." So there's your intention as the writer, your intention as the artist, and then there's its execution, and then there's the desire of the piece itself. Because writing is kind of like making a jigsaw puzzle, but the jigsaw puzzle fights back. So we try to control everything, we create these pieces to interlock, but then when, once they're all down there, sometimes they can just change the borders all of their own volition. A good example of this is the, the scene I, I worked through with my students with chapter two. It's the inciting incident scene. It's where my protagonist, Rowan, gets a phone call from his mother, Justine, telling him that she's selling the farm and that it's time for him to come home. Now, in the earliest versions of this scene, it's like almost like a transition scene. It's just her telling him that this needs to happen and he goes, oh, okay. And they've got a decent relationship. You know, there's, there's warmth there. But the reason that that doesn't really work is because I hadn't truly considered what the story's about. So when I, when I got to the end of the draft, I was like, hmm, this, this lacks teeth. There's nothing really much here. And the mistake I made, I think, well, not really a mistake, but uh, the misemphasis, if that's even a word, uh, was that it was focused on the father and the son, when really it should have been focused on the mother and the son. And then when I started interrogating their relationship, I found more drama and I found more points of escalation and I found more points of things to really explore and to be really honest with things. So by the time you get to the final version of the scene, it's a pretty frosty conversation between the two of them. And all of that knowledge that's between them is palpable, but not stated. So it's a very tight scene and all... and. It's a really interesting exercise to do, I think, in your own writing, is to take one piece and write it in a different way and really interrogate it and really try to understand it and write it again and then do the same thing for that piece of writing you've got. Interrogate that piece and then write it again and then see what the difference is between the three things. Our thoughts evolve. Our feelings evolve. Our understandings of story evolve. And the... The phrase, kill your darlings, it really doesn't just apply to what you've written. I think it also applies to what you've thought. Because a novel is essentially a large thesis. It's a testing out of morals or of a situation or a depiction of events with a particular attitude that governs it. But what if you've written it and it doesn't quite fit? What if it teaches you a different lesson? That's the, the joy of rewriting is that you get to engage with a piece of material that you have created but looking at it with fresh eyes and looking at it with an understanding that I have permission to do this differently. I have permission to elevate this. I have permission to iterate this and try and make it into something different. And it's a, it's a process that I've really kept in mind for the new work in progress that I've almost done with. Um, it's been through many, many different versions where I've played around with the morals, with the characters, with different people's roles, with perspective. You know, it was first person, then it was third, then it was second, then it went back to third, just looking for a way into this story, looking for, trying to figure out how I felt about these characters, how I actually felt about this particular situation. But then letting go of those feelings and thinking and developing the characters to a point where I wanted to react to what they think and what they want and then follow that. And that takes a lot of courage, I think. Um, that takes a lot of uh, courage in the sense that you've got to trust the process. 
not force the process. You know, my friend writer, the writer Mark Keenan has that, that great phrase, you know, don't force the river, it flows itself. That's really apt for writing because we can, can try to control our narratives so much uh, that we kill them. Once we listen to the narrative, once we listen to the characters, once we listen to what the story actually is, rather than what we wish it to be, then I think we can get into some really interesting territory. Now, I've never written a story where I have rigidly stuck to my, my idea. I know there are writers out there who do that, um, and I admire the, the way that they can impose that, that level of discipline, but it's, it's a different result. Um, I, Ken Follett is a, a writer who I've been re reading for years, and you know he does that thing where he develops a a plot that's so intricate and so tightly done, like you know huge chapter notes where every 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 angle is is basically agreed upon before he starts to write it, and then when it comes to writing it, he's just executing his vision. That's a really interesting way of working, and it's you know it's produced you know books like The Pillars of the Earth, which are you know fantastic reads. I'm not sure I could work like that though. But the point is, is there's no right or wrong in this field of artistry. It's take take from every writer, take from every approach. So my intention in, in sharing, I suppose, a bit of my process is I hope it inspires your rewriting process or even your initial writing process. How can you iterate your work as you go to get you closer to the point where you feel this is actually what I want to say? And I think um, probably a, a, a very large point uh, is beautiful prose doesn't really matter. Great snappy dialogue doesn't really matter. All that stuff doesn't really matter until you understand what your story's about. Once you have that understanding of what this is really about, it's very powerful. And that beautiful prose that you're seeking, that snappy dialogue, that intention that you're seeking, it just flows so naturally. And your decision-making under pressure is fabulous. You know, um, actors always talk about their choices in a scene, you know, that because they, they know their craft and they know their intention and they, they allow that feeling to flow through them as they make choices with what their uh, character says, how they say it, where they move, all those kinds of things. Um, I think it's the same with writers because we have to keep pushing and pushing and pushing and choosing and choosing and choosing and making characters say this and walk over here and do that and another person come in. When you know what you're doing, or at least you trust what you're doing, that's really powerful. And it allows you to write fluidly, smoothly, like everything is just buzzing. And you get into that flow state, which we're always, always seeking. But I think you can turn that flow state on and off when you have an understanding of what you're doing. You can write for two minutes, but those two minutes are so much more valuable than the hour where you didn't know what you were doing. But I think... You know, you must pay for everything in this world. So those days, those crappy days where you don't quite know what you're doing, I think you've got to suffer them and you've got to enjoy them in a perverse kind of way because it is, it is leading you deeper into knowledge and deeper into meaning and deeper into the confidence to go, I know what this bloody thing's about. I know what target I want to hit. And once you are through the looking glass into that realm, it's quite cool. That's why the rewriting process is so much damn fun because you get to get closer and closer and closer to this it's that stage of you know imagine like michelangelo um making david out of the huge stone block i mean his first draft of it i suppose would have been to very roughly carve you know, you know smashing the hammer and chisel into this into this beautiful marble to carve the rough outline of david 
And then the second draft would have been, you know, keep it iterating it, getting closer and closer and closer and closer to what it would be and removing everything that was not the statue. And that's what the rewriting process is. It's removing everything that's not the statue. Uh, one of the coolest things as well is developing that killer mindset where you just cut stuff without a second thought. You just look at it and you go, no, nah, not good enough, out. But the cool thing about rewriting is that as much as you cut, you can then expand again with that knowledge because you have then an understanding of what you're doing. You're then rewriting sentences to replace ones that you've cut that really don't need much work. Um, that's, that's the really interesting part. The, the further along in the process I've found myself, um, my first, the first sentences that I write in the process might get changed 20 times, let's just say. The sentences that I write later in the process might get changed once. But the difference between the two is the work and the knowledge and the position that you're in mentally, physically, spiritually in the process of, of the writing. So this part of writing is actually, I think, really, really interesting, particularly with regards to the novel, because yeah, it's just like uncharted territory and it's different for each person. So, you know, if you're listening and, and you've had a similar experience, I'd love to know what, what what's it like for you high up the mountain, you know, where you're, you're pushing to the end and uh, things are clicking into place. It's a really, really cool feeling. Um, and I think everyone's innate desire as a writer is to have this from, you know, right off the bat to actually just sit down at a table with a great idea and it just flows out of you. And I have had that experience with short stories, but I'd love to have that experience with a novel. Maybe I need to be a bit older. Maybe I need to be a bit more experienced. Or maybe there's a few things I just need to let go of, some biases within me that I'm like, oh, I need, I need a first draft, I need a second draft, I need all these things. Maybe I just need to get out of my own way a little bit more. We'll see. But um, I'm excited to be at this stage with this, with this particular book because it's taken a very long time and... It's just feeling good and I'm looking forward to finishing it and taking some time off and then tackling something else. And I'm actually tempted to do it with a pen and paper because that'd be a really interesting way of tackling a story in a different way, at least the genesis of a story in a different way. But look, I hope this week's episode was helpful to you, regardless of where you are in your, in your project. I think the thing is just to keep going in whatever way you can do. Another, another thing um, we were talking about this week is, you know, I've got nine students and a lot of them are at very different stages in their, their writing. You know, some are really close to finishing, some are starting out, some are doing character sketches. And it, comparison is a killer, you know, because you can sort of feel I'm being left behind or, um, or I don't want to be too showy because I'm quite far ahead. Everyone's fighting their own battle and I think the most important thing you can do in writing is to support your peers and just understand where they're at um, is not where you're at and we've all just got to deal with what's in front of us and that's hard you know I've been there before too you know thinking oh god I'm not writing enough you know why and I like Stephen King smashing out 3,000 words per day well I'm like no but once you sit down and you do your work in your way in your time how you need to do it or want to do it or can do it then that scratches the itch, that justifies your existence, that allows you, I think, to feel comfortable in what you're doing. So work is the cure, whatever way you can do it, however you can do it. I wish you luck, I wish you good flow and understanding, and I'll speak to you next week. Thank you.